Heavenly Father, I pray this morning that you would give us ears to hear you. And I pray you would give us a mind that would discern what we need to do uh, with what we hear this morning. And so I pray, would you change the words that come out of my mouth and transform them, that they would be exactly what your people need to hear today, people that you dearly love. For I ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. One of the things I pray for on a regular basis is to see more lives transformed by the power of Jesus. I still believe that God is living and active and he is actively transforming people's lives. And so I've seen sick people become well. I've seen marriages who are on the brink of divorce uh, see reconciliation and healing happen in their life. I've seen God transform people who are completely selfish to, to living lives that are just completely for the sake of other people. I still believe it and I want to see that. I pray for that all the time. I want that for you, that God would transform your life, that we don't just go through the motions when we walk with Jesus, that we experience him and is transforming power in our lives. And so that's why uh, I do what I do, and that's why I hope that you're here today because you want to see more of Jesus in your life. This is why we love giving away all kinds of free resources here. And right out to the left, if you're not familiar with it, our whole Connected Home Center, we're constantly putting new resources back there. And one of the ones that Roxanne found that I was so excited about because I thought it tied in so well with our series, it's Four Seasons, a tree craft for kids. And so they can make a little tree like this and decorate uh, four different seasons of that. It's a great reminder of our series. And we've got all kinds of free resources for every season of life. If you have kids, you don't have kids, you want to have kids, you've got an empty nest, your grandparent, whatever season of life you find yourself in, there are great resources all with the hope that this would transform uh, your life for Jesus. And so what we want to do today is dive into the word that was just spoken a moment ago from John chapter 15. And I think before we even start, I want to give a little confession here because it talks a lot about vines and branches and fruit that comes out of that. And the analogy they're using in scripture are the grapevines that are there. And I just want you to know, um, as your pastor, I am not a wine guy. Like, that's not me. I don't get wine. I don't understand anything about wine. I enjoy a good glass of wine, but that's about the extent of my knowledge when it comes to wine. I know they come from grapes, but that's about it. I don't know anything about the process at all. And it was a number of years ago when I was in California there, and we were doing a series on the Gospel of John. And, and we planned those out, and I knew about a month beforehand, I'm looking ahead and looking at John 15 and reading it again and reading what was just read by Joe a moment ago. And I'm thinking, man, I don't know anything about vine and branches. I grew up outside Detroit in the suburbs, so I don't really get the whole farming thing and the ultimate and pruning and cutting, and I don't get it at all. And I was sharing that uh, with a couple of my friends, and they said, oh, you need to meet Cindy Steinbeck. I'm like, who's Cindy Steinbeck? Well, she used to be a director of Christian education in the Lutheran Church. She's retired now, um, but she's working now for her vineyard that has been in her family for multiple generations. And she's uh, writing a book about vineyards. I'm like, man, can you give me your contact? Yeah, I'll give you your contact. And so I called her up. I'm like, listen, you don't know me, but in about a month, I'm preaching on John 15, and I don't feel like I know anything about vineyards, and can you help me? And she goes, well, my book isn't out yet, uh, but I'll be happy to send you the manuscript if you want it. So she sent me the PDF. I'm reading through this. And as I'm going through this, I felt, 
I could probably talk about this, but I, I feel like I'd be doing it a disservice. So I asked her, I said, would you be willing to come and speak to our church? And she said, I don't normally do that on Sunday morning, but I, if you want, sure, I guess I could do that. And, and she did a wonderful job of putting all of that together. And I thought, man, she would have been wonderful to have here. Um, but just two weeks ago, we had a guest speaker and then I was over in Israel. And you're like, man, you got another guest speaker. What are we paying you to do? So I thought, we're not gonna do a guest speaker, but I will encourage you, if you wanna pick up her book, that's it, The Vine Speaks by Cindy Steinbeck, encourage you to deep dive into that. She's got great reflective questions, great knowledge about this text. And so what I'm gonna share with you today is some things I picked up from Cindy and from that book and things that I picked up out of God's word today. And I wanna encourage you to open up your Bibles if you brought one. If you don't have one of your own, we've got one we'd love to give you. It's right under the seat there. You can open that up uh, in the worship folder. We print the verses there so you can grab a hold of that if you want to. Or if you like looking at your phone, the Version Bible app has the outline for the message today so you can follow along with that. So whatever you're using, take a look at the first verse, John chapter 15. And it says this, I am, Jesus speaking, Jesus, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Now it says true vine. I'm not sure why you need to qualify vine. You would just assume that I'm the vine and you're, you're the branches. Okay, we, we get that. My father's the, the gardener. Why, why true vine? Well, when he says true vine, that would lead you to believe that there are also false vines or fake vines, whatever the case might be. And I was reading an article recently about Pete Carroll, who used to be the coach of USC and then became the coach of the Seattle um, Seahawks. And he was talking about at the beginning of his career, he said, I was so driven to win at all costs. And I just threw myself into that. And it was all about winning and achieving and what I could accomplish for myself. And over the years, I found that to be really empty and unsatisfying. So I said, well, so what changed? He said, well, what I found is I discovered it was a lot more fun to go through life helping other people win and helping other people succeed. And so it changed the way I coached and it changed the way I live my life. And I find a lot more joy out of helping other people win than helping myself win. And I, I've never met Pete Carroll, so I, I can't speak for his faith development. I know he has a Methodist background somewhere in his uh, background. So I, but I can't help but think the principle is, is a beautiful principle. That, that you've been living your life one way and, and you come to the realization that what, the way I'm living my life is not fulfilling, it's not rewarding, it's, it's not joyful. There's gotta be something different to that. And, and maybe some of you are sitting here today, you're like, yeah, that sounds like me. I, I feel like I'm connected to a fake vine that promised the world and it really is not delivering. And so Jesus, I'm the true Vine. There's a lot of fake vines out there. There's a lot of ones that pretend to be vines. There's a lot of false promises that are made. And there are a lot of people connecting themselves to fake vines out there. So I, I wanna ask you a, a very reflective question right off the bat, and it's simply this. Where, from where do I get life? Man, what vine am I plugged into? Is that the direction of my life where I, I feel like, man, this can't be it? I don't, I don't have a joy in my heart. There's not a peace in my spirit. I, I just don't want to continue going on the life. This is all life has to offer. It's just not worth it. And I tell you, here is the great news this morning. And it's good, I think, early on to start with some really good news. That if you're not a follower of Jesus, 
or you used to be a follower of Jesus and you fell away from that, is that God can graft you back into the true vine again. This is the work that God wants to do. This is why Jesus came and died, that we could be grafted into the vine. This is the work that God wants to do. And it's a beautiful work. It was amazing when Cindy spoke, she had a vine that she had in there and she demonstrated, here's how you cut um, into the vine and here's how you put a branch into the vine and then a little Band-Aid over that and it heals together and it begins to grow from that true vine. I'm like, that is amazing. And, and I looked at that, I'm like, that's exactly what God has done for anyone who's a follower of Jesus. That, that we were at one point just dead branches and God said, I'm gonna graft you into the true vine. This is what Paul writes about in Romans chapter 11. Take a look at this. Consider, therefore, the kindness and the sternness of God. These are great characteristics to look at, both sides of who God is. Sternness to those who fell, to those who are following false vines and just want to do their own thing. You get the sternness of God, but kindness to you, provided that you continue in his kindness. Otherwise, you also will be cut off from the true vine. And if they do not persist in unbelief, they will be grafted in. For God is able to graft them in again. So regardless of how many mistakes you've made in your life, regardless of how many times you've wandered away from God, or maybe today you just came because you came with a friend and you don't really know why you're here, God has the power to graft you into the true vine, that God has a better life for you. And this is the work that God wants to do in you. All right, there's verse one. We're not gonna go this slow through the whole text. In case you're wondering, you're like, wow, I better cancel my lunch plans and uh, do this. So take a look at verse two. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it'll even be more fruitful. And so you've got two things that happen. Either you're getting cut or you're getting pruned. And both of you are like, man, I don't think I like either. Those both sound painful. <laughs> like getting cut, that sounds bad. Pruning, I'm not sure that feels really good either. I'm not sure I like either of these options. So why, why does God do this? Well, it's really interesting uh, about the vineyard. And again, Cindy in her book um, highlighted this. When you prune things, you, you prune things uh, so they can become more fruitful. There's, there's some growth happening, but if you've ever seen a wild vineyard that just grows without any pruning, it, it, it's very shade-filled. There's lots of leaves and a lot of stuff going on, but the energy is not really put into producing really good grapes. If you want to have really good grapes, you have to prune. That's what you have to do. And, and what happens is when they prune, they prune and they just let it fall to the ground and it becomes part of the mulch. And it, it, in God's miraculous kind of way, sort of fertilizes the vine and it works all those kind of wonderful things together. I said, so what happens with the branches that you cut? Well, the branches that get cut are gathered together and we burn them. I'm like, oh, well, that's sort of what John says here. This is what happens. And this is the lot. Either we can be cut or we can be pruned. So what is pruning then, really? Well, pruning is just very simply this. Pruning is just the proactive endings to get to what is best. To get is what is best. And this is where you have to understand what needs to be cut out in my life. And, and the best thing you can do is, is I've got to cut some things out of my life. And I, I know there's some things that are keeping me from God. Cut them. Don't think about it, don't pray about it, don't wonder about it, just cut them out uh, of your life. 
And then there are some things that need to be pruned. Well, God, allow God to do some pruning in your life. Because pruning is just that very natural process of getting to proactive endings to get to what's best. A number of years ago, uh, Jim Collins wrote a book, Good to Great, that sort of capitalized on this principle that really great companies know how to say no to the good because good is really the enemy of great. Because if you just focus on some good things, you're really going to miss out on the great things. And so end of last year, I was reading an article in Fast Company magazine, and it was looking at some of those companies that Jim Collins highlighted that were great companies. And some of them have continued to be great. Others have gone into bankruptcy. So it was interesting to sort of look at that from a perspective. Wow, 20 years ago, we thought these companies were rocking it and were always going to rock it, and now they're gone. And, and here, um, in the midst of that, at the end of the article, they had a company that all of you are familiar with. It's called Amazon. 1994, Amazon started. That was the year I started my ministry. I graduated seminary in 1994. And what's amazing to me, do you remember, know what Amazon started out with, for those of you who are old enough to remember 1994 and when it started? Books, but not just books, rare books. That's it, rare books. You weren't finding new books at Amazon when it first started. It was rare books. If you wanted to find 13th century Italian poetry, Amazon was the place to go. Or you could travel to Italy, I guess, if you wanted to do that. But that was the place to go if you wanted a rare book in 1994. And it wasn't because Amazon didn't have a vision for where they wanted to go. They had a vision for where they wanted to go. If they didn't, they would have called it rarebooks.com. <laughs> but they called it amazon.com. And so they were constantly uh, pushed up against, hey, you should start, you should start, you should start. You, no, no, we're not ready. No, no. We're going to be really good at selling rare books. And then we're going to be really good at selling books. And oh, maybe we can sell some other things and some other things. And we'll, we'll sell everything. <laughs> that didn't happen overnight. And I think there's some great lessons in, in that for us. I, I wonder how many people, like they, they I, I want to follow Jesus and they want to see all of a sudden all of this fruit come out of their relationship with Jesus and God is going, you're not ready for that yet. There's a lot of pruning that's got to happen before you really start seeing the fruitfulness. And so so many people give up on God way too early in following him because it takes time. So when, is another question, does it need to be cut? When do things need to be cut? Yes, now would be a really good time to cut things. Cut things out of your life. When, when do things need to be pruned? Uh, when it's time for them to be pruned. And, and here's why this is important. Take a look at verse five. It, Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Just to get that clear, again, in case you messed that up. I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. If. I remember as a kid sitting in a Sunday school class as a little boy, um, my teacher, you know, cup in her hands. And, and she reminded us, she goes, nobody can take you out of the Father's hands. That's how great the Father's love is for you. And even as a little boy, and even today, that's still very comforting to me. Nobody can snatch me out of my Father's hands. But as I grew and I studied more scripture and began to realize something, that while nobody can snatch me out of the Father's hands, I, I can leave. I can disconnect from the true vine. I have the power to walk away from God, which is why Jesus said, if, if you remain in me. It's not a foregone conclusion. It's not you're baptized and then you're done. <laughs> so if you remain in me and I knew you are gonna bear much fruit, this is what comes out of that. But apart from me, you can do nothing. 
And I wonder how many people are so frustrated because they haven't seen transformation happen in their life. And it's probably because there needs to be some pruning happening, maybe some cutting as well. Next reflective question, why does it need to be cut? <laughs> and, and I love this. It's not that God just likes to cut things. It's not a big blowtorch in the sky just looking for things to, to blow up and cut and, and destroy. That's not God's heart. Why do things need to be cut? Well, he mentions that in our text. So there can be more fruitfulness and, and more joy. This is why God prunes. It's because I want you to have more joy and I want you to have more fruitfulness in your life. I've had a lot of opportunity to talk to people who have wandered away from the faith and people are struggling in their faith. And inevitably, I, I hear something along the lines of, well, I tried the God thing and that just didn't really work for me. And I press a little bit, like tell me what, a little bit what that means. And, and what came to me one time, and it was just one of those moments where you feel like, man, that was just right from the hand of God. I'm not smart enough to think uh, that quickly on my feet. But I said, oh, so basically what you're saying is you tried God, like you're the vine and God is a branch. And that's why that's not working, because it's not designed to work that way. You can't just plug God into your life. And I'm just going to take this little piece of God because I want some peace over here, but I'm going to do with my life what I want to do. It doesn't work that way. And no wonder it doesn't work. We've got to keep it right, which is he is the vine and we're the branches. And so you can't just plug God into your life. God has to plug you into his life. And this is what it means to follow Jesus. We have to flip it. And so maybe the reason a lot of us haven't transformed or seen lives transformed, haven't seen God do incredible things in our life to bring us more fruitfulness and more joy and more peace is because we've got it backwards and we want God to be a branch and we to be the vine and it's just the opposite. The end of our text here, I didn't project this or print this down, but if you've got your Bible, you can read along with me. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you. That's why he's telling this story and that your joy may be complete. Man, complete joy. This is the work that God wants to bring in us. And so then he ends this section, which we ended just a moment ago with, is my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. And that's where we stopped reading. But in closing, I just want to read verse 13 for you. Just listen to these words. Greater love has no one than this but to lay down one's life for his friends. And it would just be a few days later that Jesus would go into Jerusalem and take up a cross and die for the sins of the people, that he would lay down his life for his friends. And this is the work that God wants to do in us to bring you to life again, that he died and he rose again, that we could be set free, that we could be forgiven, that we could have a new life, that our lives would be transformed. This is what God wants. And so I just wanna leave you with uh, a question today. And the question is simply this, what is one area that I need to prune this week? You probably know what it is. There maybe is a lot of energy going towards something but it's not producing a lot of fruitfulness. I tell you, these, these words so challenge me because I'm not done. I'm still pruning. God is still doing a lot of pruning in my life, and he will all the time. 
I want you to get rid of just the busyness of life. And I wonder how many people just go through a relationship with God, just going through the motions. And we think that's what all the energy we put into that. And God is, no, I want to prune that from you. Oh, I have to go to church. Let me prune that away because you don't have to go to church. Man, I get to go and be in the presence of God around other people and I get to lift up the praises of the name of Jesus. And that's the work that God, that's joyful worship, not I have to worship. And this is the God, this is the work that God wants to do. So another way of asking the same thing is where do I need a necessary ending? So I want you uh, to take these words home. Just take John 15. Take your little outline. You don't have a Bible. Take one of our Bibles. It's not stealing if I told you to do it. So just take it. Because I want you to spend some time in there this week and just look that over. God, what are you speaking to me? What needs to be cut? What needs to be pruned? Where are some necessary endings that need to happen in my life so that I can have more joy and that I can have more peace and that I can have more fruitfulness in my life for you?